0: I'm really excited You know what is interesting It kind of seems like A lot of different things Especially And I'm sure that this Isn't just wholesaling But A lot of different things It comes in Some with some of these changes You get that result You're saying Where at first When you first implement these You end up losing money Whether it's changing the your uh, The way you're Running your sales team Or whether it's like Putting in new marketing mm-hmm. Like when we were shifting From cold calling To the inbound marketing It's like Okay we gotta pay A fuck ton of money for this And like we're not gonna Realize that right away Yeah
1: Get on your feet and make some noise. It's time to rise up
0: and join the rebellion with Tyson Smith. Welcome, everybody, to episode 20 or 21 of The Rebellion. I'm your host, Tyson Smith, and today I have on Ren Bartlett. Uh, guys, Ren, I so first I want to tell the story of, of how we found out about him. Um, I had been seeing your videos. I I can't remember how I whether it came up on my Explore page or something, but I saw your videos of you pitching Innovation. Yeah, and we I was like, holy shit, this is really good. <laughs> and it's funny because at the same time uh, is when I was like starting to use Twitter, like, yeah, I'm trying to get more into Twitter. I don't know if you've seen, but um, a lot of people are. Well, it's dude, coming I, back. Yeah, it's coming back. And and look, I, I hear you know that people are getting a lot of business from it. So I'm interested. I want to check that out. But anyway. I was talking about innovations on Twitter and then people were asking me, Oh, who have you learned from? And then like I'm kind of trying to think of everybody and I was like including your name in it too. Cause I was like, damn, dude. I mean, I saw him do his pitch, like yeah, and I immediately saw, I was like, that's good, let's implement this. And our people loved it. Yeah. And then I started seeing ads or or videos, more videos from you. I don't know if they were ads or not, but basically, hey, you know, triggered that Instagram yeah algorithm, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Something like, hey, uh, you know. If you are, you know, something cracking twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, that was the number, and I was like, holy m. shit! Yeah, because before
1: I saw that, I had this belief that the most anybody was doing was ten million a year. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there doing. There's, there's some big companies out there that do twenty thousand transactions um, plus a year. So, twenty million is, isn't isn't that much.
0: <laughs> See that that that's what's crazy is is this with especially with wholesaling, and I'm sure with all things, there really are levels to this shit. Like, yeah,
1: there's levels. Like
0: I remember when I got into it, I was like, "Hey man, I you know if I could make ten thousand dollars a month,
1: I could do one deal a month. Yeah, I'd be sitting pretty, bro." I remember the first like professional job I ever interviewed for the the starting salary was sixty thousand a year. I was a bartender at the time, and I was like, and I made decent money, but you know the hours suck, the people suck, right? or whatever, the lifestyle sucks. And uh I was like sixty four thousand and I was like thinking about the new car I could buy, and I could like get my own apartment and get my crappy roommates out and uh but now like phew, that's nothing <laughs> you
0: know it's, it's crazy. crazy, it is crazy, um but yeah, look dude, I saw um I saw this it changed my my uh um kind of temperature of money. I was like, dude, all right, I'm shooting them you know, do a million dollars a month. I hear that you're over here doing two. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to figure that out. And so, um, you know, we got hooked up with you and I really, so we've been doing this, uh, just to let everybody know we've had, um, I think like maybe two meetings. Yeah, I think two. But, uh, so far kind of your process has been number one, we need to look at your business, right? Mm -hmm. We needed to look into the past and kind of see what we had been doing. And then you immediately looked and identified some key things like, okay, here's step number one. We need to change this. Like we need to drive this number. Yep. And, um, I I really like like how analytical you are. Like sure. everything is just like dude, it's the, the numbers
1: don't lie. Yeah, and it's funny you say that cuz I'm not analytical at all. I'm not a math guy, but I've just learned through trial and error how to how to forecast things and how to look at things differently because it it's all a math problem, right? Even sales like you make 100 phone calls, <clears throat> you connect with 30 people, 28% of those people on average you can turn into an appointment and then you close 20% of those. And then it just waterfalls down. So you have to figure out what the primary drivers of revenue are. There's one main widget in a wholesaling company that that I focus on the most, and that's average profit per deal. Right. Right. And from there it kind of goes up. You're reverse engineering and reverse quantifying how you got there. And so, and there's just a step up system that we use called a KPI manufacturing line, which you guys seen, and you can quickly identify hey, if you can improve this five percent. Everything moves, right. right? And I think we've seen with you, I think like with one of your metrics, we improved it 10% and now you have to generate half the amount of leads. Mm-hmm. Same amount of revenue, half the amount of leads, which cuts your marketing expense, which is our one of our biggest expenses in a wholesaling business, in half. And effectively, that drops to the bottom line. And then you can start just making small tweaks, a percent here, a percent here, a percent here. So, you know, when you're running models like that, one plus one does not equal two. Right. Yeah. There's a
0: whole bunch of algebra involved.
1: And, and, <laughs> and I seems... don't do algebra. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, here's the thing is is I really like it.
0: I like how uh, um, the way the, the entire thing is forecasted and reverse engineered. It's like, hey, yeah. here's the goal. And based on what your numbers are here, here's the levers that need to change.
1: And we'll get there. You're only two calls in, just wait.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, man, that's what that's what I'm excited about. And the thing that I I'm I'm big on talking about is the, the best way, if you want to do something, find somebody who's already done it. Yeah. And figure out how to get them to tell you how to do
1: it. Yeah. I love it. And, and that's all I've done. You know, I nothing that I teach or preach is uh proprietary at all. Right. So a lot of it is taken from other businesses because I'm constantly studying other businesses. But, you know, I'm, I'm in a couple mastermind groups. You know, when we joined, we joined Collective Genius in 2017. I think we did 77 deals that year. And we walked in that group and we thought we were hot shit because we were in our market. We dominated. We were in little bitty Mobile, Alabama. doing. No, we were the big kids on the block, right? Mm-hmm. We walk in that room and there's people doing, you know, like the first number I heard was a guy out of San Diego had $500 million in debt on ongoing flip projects. still that number still like i'm like oh my these these guys are playing at a different level half a billion yeah and i'm like these guys are playing at a different level and then we see all of these um you know different avenues and and but but anyway i'm like hey look i just gotta make friends with all these guys pick their brain figure out how to add value to them find out what they're doing and the great thing about being in a mastermind like that's everybody's an open book right it's market exclusivity for the most part um if there's mul- multiple people in the in the market it's because they let them in right they kind of give them first rider right of refusal but they're they're an open book and, and i just went out and just started implementing everything everything failing 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 as fast as we could and just learning and staying super curious being on all the calls because i didn't know anything but i knew one thing there's some folks making a lot of money and they weren't any smarter than i was yeah. you know um and so i I knew I could do it, and so I was just relentless man and and we evolved right and and a lot of things that evolved within our company I can't take credit for. I didn't come up with the the only thing that I'm really good at uh in the grand scheme of thing is like identifying people that are smarter than me and then selling them on why they should come work with me <laughs> you know uh even like that k p i manufacturing facility like that idea was fabricated by uh my former director of marketing. he was like, hey. We can actually just make a spreadsheet that forecasts out exactly what. And then once we looked at it, we're like, whoa, there's some things here that, hey, what if you just fat finger this and change it from 50% to 60%? What does that do to the top line revenue? And then you just get curious and start playing around mm-hmm. with it and see what happens. And then you can identify areas of improvement. Yeah. Well, look, dude, I,
0: I feel like I'm the same way. And I've noticed that, that within my business, it's like things start to, to really start to do better and better mm. the more I get myself out of it. Yeah like i mean even when it's come to our calls like you'll see like i mean i wasn't on the last one because i was doing something with my own group but like sure. but forum is like i want to know what's going on and everything and then i need to identify the person who's yeah. going to be able to be the best at getting that done yeah it's called being a multiplier
1: yeah have you read that book
0: multiplier uh, so i'm trying to think of when i initially heard of it. i have yeah i
1: haven't read it i listened to it yeah and i was like Me holy too. shit yeah it's good it's good there's a there's a bunch of great books on talent man but you know that, that's the thing is like we're, we're only so smart we're only one individual but when you can bring together the collective brain trust of a bunch of people that have a common purpose and a common set of core beliefs and you know just want to be successful and want to have fun doing it some magic shit can happen yeah magic well so
0: so what do you think are are the best ways that somebody can learn how to do that like how can somebody learn how to bring people together and allow them to uh you know live to their full potential
1: Ooh, that's a great question. First, I think you have to start, like, you have to, in order to be able to do that, right, you have to be super passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Because if you don't care and if you're not passionate, you're not going to be able to go out and convince someone to come bring that same energy level every single day. You know, every single I live every single day like it's the best day of my life, and I'll tell you that if you ever ask me, because I think I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I do every day, but and even if you do convince them to come to your company and you don't walk the walk that you're out there talking, they're going to say, man, this, this guy, he doesn't, you know, he's just full of shit. He doesn't yeah. believe in what he's saying. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to work that hard. Um, but I think you got to have purpose. You got to have vision, you know, and then you have to go out and, and be able to recruit and find out what people truly want. What are they missing in their life and their career and then offer an opportunity for them to fulfill that. Alongside you Inside your company Yeah You know i give you a great example Like uh, We don't We try not to hire People that are unemployed Right I want to hire people That are crushing it People that are A players Elsewhere I don't want people Applying to my wise hire ads Even though I keep them Running all the time Because You can pick up Some good talent like that People changing seasons Or relocating Or things like that Whatever Maybe they Feel like they've hit a dead end In their current career But I want to go headhunt people Right yeah. And then when we're having that conversation, I want to begin to ask and take them through a discovery process, similar like we do when we're talking to a motivated seller, and find out what their problem is, how that's impacting them, and what's their picture-perfect scenario, and then figure out how to offer that to them. Working inside one of my organizations, you're you're,
0: you're literally you're taking the
1: concept of finding the best deals off market, and you're moving. I got to find the best 100%. people off market. That's it. That's it. Right. The only difference, like. Our goal this year, right, because I've rebuilt my company in Atlanta alongside my other partners, and we basically started from zero in July. We Our goal is to get it to the end of the year by a million dollars a month. And they come and they're like, Brent, how do we do this? How do we do this? I'm like, it's very simple. It's two things, time and people. That's it. Like all the other stuff that we know how to send direct mail. Everybody else knows how to send direct mail. We know how to work a sales process. We know how to get and uh, articulate Salesforce the way that we need it to be articulated so does everybody else, right? But I'll go from zero to a million dollars a month in revenue in a metro market that most people can't do $50,000 a month, and they want to know why. It's very simple. I can recruit better people than you, right? So I think, uh, I think maybe I hold um, business very in parallels with, with sports, right? So think about if you're building a championship like the, the Phoenix Suns, what do they just go out and do? They got a superstar. They got a superstar, Right, they found somebody with incredible talent. There was an incredible culture match that wasn't fulfilled where he currently was, and they paid him what he needed, and mm-hmm. they got rid of the people that they didn't need to build that championship level roster. And now, they you know they're a contender in the West. Right. You know. Now
0: I, I don't know if you want me saying this, but uh, you told a story about uh, some new guy you picked up, and you told me how much you were paying him a month to mm-hmm. start off. Yeah, and that blew my perspective you mind yeah. sharing that
1: yeah for sure so um first off I, I think it was 10 10 grand a month right base salary for three months guaranteed for, for an acquisition for year. an acquisition rep so for the people who don't know i mean like the industry
0: average is probably something like between two and three grand a month probably with with some commission
1: yeah somewhere between like six and ten percent sure and so the the theory behind that is if you recruit someone on your team and they're willing to come over for a $2,000 base salary, their monthly expenses are probably about 80% of that because they need a little spending money too, right? So not sure what 80% of 2,000 is, but let's call it 1,800. The level of professionalism and grit and tenacity, the, dip, the, 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 the distance of separation between someone whose base salary Requirements their their floor for what their expenses are is eighteen hundred dollars versus someone who is eight thousand dollars. It's a big gap. How they show up every day, they know how to go out and make money because they went out and achieved enough income to where they could raise their expenses up.
0: That's their expectation.
1: That's their expectation, right? And so they they have to like their wife will divorce them if they don't continue (laughs) to make eight thousand dollars a month. Think about it. They probably have a two or three thousand dollar mortgage. So this elite A player's mortgage is more than the dude who requires a $2,000 a month Mm -hmm. base salary. Not to mention that his wife probably drives a Benz, he probably drives a new Chevrolet truck, and his kids are probably in private school. He has got to produce. If he doesn't, he's getting a divorce. That's a different level of accountability versus, hey, if I don't make two grand, I don't have money to go out drinking this weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to bring a different level of, of experience, of professionalism, and um, of work ethic. And you know, and when you look at it, if you divide uh, $10,000 by the number of days in the month, I don't know, th- depending on the number of days, let's call it an average of $350. You pay more than that for a lead. Right. $350 a day, and then we just set the expectation and tell the guy, hey, look, I am very uncomfortable paying you $10,000 a month. It's $350 a day. I've never paid anyone that before. Makes me uncomfortable. But I'm going to take a shot because I believe in you. Here's the expectation. You're going to be the first one here, the last one to leave. You better make more phone calls than anyone, and you better get a couple contracts in your first month. In fact, you better have three. And if you don't, this partnership just won't work out. We hired that guy over, right? My partners were scared shitless. They were like, this is a big nut. What are you doing? I'm like, if it don't work, I'll pay it. They're like, okay, 12 contracts in this first month. (laughs) 12 contracts, <laughs> assuming 50% of them close, right? At a 20K clip, that's $120,000. Is that like a 10X return? That's a damn good investment, Ren. Yeah, damn good investment. And now I have a leader in my company and I have 10 of them now, right? Because that was number one. I have 10 of them and they all lift each other up and they're all competitive. And that's
0: the thing that I'm thinking is that I,
1: if I know if I bring on
0: another superstar into my current organization, it's only gonna lift up the exactly. other guys that I got who yep. are already killing it. Rising tides raise all ships. Yep, man, I, I think that's super cool. I, I'm telling you, I, like it changed my perspective because I was like, everything you're saying, it makes so much more sense. And you know what I love is, I don't fucking want somebody here on my team who is is exactly like you said. They're trying to make enough money so they can go out drinking. Yeah, I don't want that guy. Yeah, like that guy can fuck off. Like I'm trying to build a team of like fucking stallions like not
1: not that <laughs> i don't even want people that drink no me neither <laughs> you know what i mean like i i don't drink it as a personal reason and nothing against people that do but dude i saw this instagram video i'm gonna show it to you and the guy um you, you may have seen it and he was like uh he was people were like you know he's like what people are like you don't you don't drink you don't drink socially you don't drink at all that's weird he goes your fucking poverty is weird <laughs> <laughs> You're out of shape body, right? Your work ethic, that's weird Me not drinking, that's not weird, buddy Your poverty yeah. is weird And I'm like, whoa, that's that hits Wait, that I, hits. you gotta show me I wanna see whoever this person is Yeah, 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 I'll show it to you when we're done Well, hey,
0: man, you know, I, I, I quit drinking maybe eight, nine months ago Sure and I just realized how much more of a fucking, like, dialed-in missile I am now. 100%. I was, saying, I was saying in the last episode, bro, I got, like, NOS boosters on every yeah. single day. Like, yeah. my, my level of energy, tenacity, and just, like, aggressiveness about life mm-hmm. is just skyrocketing.
1: Yeah. Same here in, in the hangovers. You know, I have a—I'm um, an all-in kind of guy, right? Yeah. And so if I drink, I'm all-in, and that ends bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I don't cut it off. And But it, it what I've learned is that that's a great thing if you can control it. Absolutely. Because I can take that focus and that energy and that effort and put it into business, and you become unstoppable. Yeah. So you have to kind of know yourself and know, you know, where you're trying to go, and and um, I think success is just about uh, uh, as much about what you do as about what you don't do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know,
0: I, I think when it comes down to it, if any if you ever want to achieve anything, I think the first thing you need to do is look at yourself and say, "What do I need to get rid of?"
1: Yeah. Yeah bad foods, bad relationships, bad girlfriends. Yeah, You know, there's so many people out there I was having a conversation with a guy I coach the other day and uh he's having all these problems and I'm like, "Do you know what your problem is?" He's like, "What?" I'm like, "You can go here, it, but it's that freaking girl." Yeah. Right? Like she it's a distraction. Get rid of her. If y'all's goals are not aligned, if she's not there to support you, like she has got to go. He's like, "It's my girl. I love her." I'm like, "What? Do you love yourself or do you love her more?" And he was like, "Oh." It's deep. Damn. That, that's a damn good question, right there. That's deep, yeah. So we'll see what the outcome is. He had not yeah. broke up with her yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a hard thing to do, you know. I mean, that was it's something a hard thing that, to do. That I really had to look at myself, and I mean, it, was, it ended up being a very easy conversation. But um, so I, I, I got a girl, and I mean, like she's the like she's my soulmate. I love this woman. Yeah. But one thing that was very important to me is I was like, is she going to get me? Like, is she in this for for what I'm trying to do? Is she going to be you know down to to do with all these things, I am.
1: Yep. And is she an anchor or a propeller?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And it was like, does she make me better? Yep. And then you know, when I looked at it, it was like, yes, in 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 all areas. And 100%. so I knew that, that that's what I needed. But I mean, I think that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes a young men can make is the per, is the, the the girl they're with. It's a hundred
1: percent the biggest mistake. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of old heads like when I was when I was young. And couldn't afford mentors Like paid mentors That I have a personal relationship with I just went to YouTube Right And mm-hmm. there's all of these You know Great writings And great Like Napoleon Hill And Jim Rome And uh, you know A bunch of guys like that And they all talk about All of these successful Super successful Titans of industry And of their life the women that stood behind them, Mm -hmm. right? They did not have sloppy wives. They did not have, they had like strong, independent, strong-willed minds. And, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be super good at business or even interested in business at all, but they're interested enough in you to help propel you forward because men are driven by testosterone, which is a sex hormone effectively, right? And so you're either focused on one or two things, making money or getting laid. <laughs> yep. and if that if the if the latter part is taken care of at home then we can focus on making money Yeah, right and women draw bring more distraction and more drama into our lives and they derail us and so finding that right person that can keep you in alignment keep you grounded you know it's important oh absolutely absolutely and and uh this is something obviously i mean you look
0: at all of these guys look at grant cardone M- manny koshman right they all have like some powerful driven woman behind them yep You know, it's 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 a
1: necessity. It seems like yeah, it's uh it's the yin to the yang. I think yeah, absolutely yin to the yang. And you, because you can see, like if you tell if you watch the evolution of man, like just a singular man, most men really hit their stride and find success and build net worth. the The vast majority or accumulation of net worth on the average man is built after fifty, when their testosterone and sex drive is the lowest because they're not focused on chasing tail anymore yeah they're focused on making money
0: yeah i'll tell you what this is this is something interesting so i said i quit drinking about eight nine months ago about eight nine months ago i also got on trt yeah so i went and got tested here's the thing is i w- I'd wanted to go do steroids yeah and so I was like, i'm gonna get my blood work done and see and then my testosterone my free my uh my my, my total test was like 300 like low 300s yeah and i was like oh shit. And then, you know, I started talking, tried different things, got on TRT. And all of a sudden at this time, I start like, I'm like, a lot of things I started taking seriously. I quit drinking. I was like, looked at my business and I was like, what What the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm, yeah. am I dicking around in the sandbox or am I really going to build something? Yeah. I started taking all my content, everything I was doing on that area, everything seriously. And like, my life has fucking exploded. Yep. Now, this is the exact same time when I, when I got on TRT and got my testosterone levels to where they need to be.
1: Yeah. I'm not gonna try to speak scientifically on that but I have a pretty similar story like dude 10 years ago I was a drunk bartender worthless right no career no anything and uh, I kind of stumbled into testosterone accident I, I wanted a girlfriend like I was tired of you know only girls I could get were <laughs> ugly chicks <laughs> and I was like man I gotta fuck I gotta do something to change this so I was like I'm going to the gym I'm gonna get in shape so what it's gonna take right I you know I can run my, I can run game. But you got to look good because the girl, I wanted wanted a dime, right? Couldn't get one. And uh, it's funny because my wife, like the first time I approached her, she was like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Didn't want nothing to do with me. And then I went and got swole. I went to the house of pain and got it in. And look where we are now. But I went to the gym, was struggling in the gym. One of my buddies was like jacked. He's like, bro, you got to get on steroids. And I'm like, steroids? He's like, yeah. He's like, you'll change everything. He's like, look at you. You're a pussy. You're a shrimp. (laughs) And I was like, I took that to heart and I was like, Yeah, steroids. So I went and done some research and I was like, man, like these this ain't this ain't cool. And then my mom was like, if you you know, I was telling her about it, and she was like, Well, I know somebody, and they went to the doctor, and the doctor gave it to them, and I was like, Sounds like a better path, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor, got it checked, like 256. 256. I was 26 years old. So and what a lot of people I think need to understand is you are a product of your hormones. Right. Right. It's what makes up the chemistry of your body. It's what drives your brain, your ambition, you know, your, all this stuff. And so I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, and just magically, right, I got my, my testosterone levels right, started looking good, started feeling good, met a hot or, you know, got the hot chick to be interested in me. And my career took off, you know, from from bartender to whatever you want to call me now. <laughs> um, but I've I've went even deeper recently, right? Went even deeper, you know. I hired a uh, concierge physician, who has a, a specialty in regenerative medicine, and we're doing the whole blood screen and um, genealogy testing, and, and and working with some peptides and just just some stuff. Like my goal is to be superhuman. I'm you know, with you, dude. my goal is to be superhuman because if if I don't get tired. I'm going to outwork you. Absolutely. I'm going to stay more focused. I'm going to be more mentally alert. And the problem with, with today's medicine is you go to the doctor, they just try to fix you. I never want to be broke. Yeah. You know? And I look at guys that are big into this, like Grant Cardone. Like, go find a picture of Grant Cardone, like, six years ago. He looked like shit. Yeah. And then I research, hey, what's he doing? And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that.
0: Yeah. Have you right? seen the interview with uh, that guy, the, the 10X Health guy? I believe it was with yeah, Gary Yeah, Gary Brecca. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I started yep. looking at that. I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, it's a game changer. Obviously, it takes some resources to oh, be able to do that. Yeah. You know? But, but hey, that's why I'm doing it. Here's this here's the question. Going back to not drinking, how much what was your bar
0: tab a month? Oh fuck, dude. I mean, we're going out to Old Town. I'm dropping a couple thousand dollars every weekend on a table exactly. and stuff
1: like that. Yeah, it's a couple thousand dollars to be the superhuman. Max. Yeah. Right? So there you go. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. It's just not a priority. Right. What, what sacrifice are you are, are you willing to make to get there? Yep. yep. Hey,
0: can you guys tell why why this is a guy I wanted uh, to come <laughs> and fucking change us up, dude? Look at it. Just on on all accounts, bro. Fucking two million dollars a month. That's what we're
1: getting to, and we want to become fucking superhuman. Superhuman. That's, that's right. What I'm talking about. That's man. right. And good people too, right? Absolutely. Good people. Got to be a blessing to the people, and the more you can do that. It just all comes full circle. So, did you uh, did you go to school out in Alabama? I tried. I I never could get in. I went to the I went to attend the University of Alabama and flunked out of the junior college. Are you for real? Yeah. Oh man. So I lived on campus for five years. Where at? Uh, on 15th, well, I lived on 15th street and then I lived on 12th street, right across from Tutwiler, right behind the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. All my roommates went to college. Right. But I just, I was, I was a lazy piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, it's a pretty good way to do it though. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I went
0: to school there and I didn't really spend too much time actually in the classroom. <laughs> I, like I, I went through all four years and uh, I got a system dialed in Yeah. where I didn't go to class ever unless I had to go and take a test, you know, that day, yeah. or whatever it was. And uh, I had this buddy, um, his name's Ray. He's one of my still, you know, really good friends, and and uh, we pretty much had every single class together. And we just we just figured out the system of like, all right, we'll figure out what's on the test, and then instead of going to class, we'll just post up in our fraternity study room, and figure out whatever we need to yeah learn it then yeah, and then we'll, we can have more time for fucking off and drinking and yeah.
1: so you, you hacked it a little better than me. I went I went to Shelton State and did just enough to get. Uh, enough credits to transfer to Alabama, got a Pell Grant, enrolled in Alabama, never went to class one time, spent all my Pell Grant money on alcohol. <laughs> you're over at, you're over at Galette's, man. <laughs> over at Galette's, Copper Top, you know, yeah, hammering it down. So, just priorities out of line. Well, hey, you know what, I
0: look back and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that time. Yeah. Cause it was a ton of fun, man. Sure. And like, you know, it was great, whatever, but... The shit that I'm doing now
1: is a million times more fun. Yeah, a million times more fun. I'm, I'm thankful for that time, too, because, you know, I come from a very dark place, uh, you know, uh, the hood, some might say. And it exposed me to, uh, like, rich people. Yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, I didn't know anybody that drove a Mercedes until I got a roommate who did. And I'm like, how the hell you get that? My parents bought it. Who, what do your parents do? You know, real estate. Oh, real estate. Really? So, you know, just being exposed to a different class of wealth, getting out of that neighborhood that I was in, I just didn't know it existed. Like, you see it on TV, but Mm -hmm. knowing somebody, you know, that lives in a 6,000-square-foot house, I'm like, what's that like? Right. You know, what's it like to drive that car? That's different. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I feel like with all things, like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, when I first started wholesaling, I'm like, oh, I want to be around, I want to make $10,000 a month. Yeah. But the thing is, then I got around all these other guys. And I'm seeing, like, dude, everybody's making way more money than that. Yeah. And then, you know, now, like, I'm just, like, I keep wanting to level up. But it's because I keep getting exposed to other people.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Like, now I'm being able to sit next to, to people like you. And it's, like, it just, uh, my my financial thermometer just, you know, keeps going up and up and up and up.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's a great point. That just happened to me. Uh, I went down to Mexico uh, with two guys that are in Collective Genius. We stayed in the house. We brought our family and. Um you know, I've gotten really focused on building my net worth and I had a net worth goal in mind. And I know the guy riding. We go horseback riding on the beach with our families and we're riding along. We're talking. And I asked him, I said, man, can I ask you a personal question? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what's your net worth? And he tells me, and I'm like, all right, not too far off from mine. You know, I could definitely get there. I said, yeah, I'm trying to get to where you are uh, in the next 10 years. And he chuckled. And I said, What you laughing at? You don't think I can do it? He goes, buddy, in the next 10 years, mine's gonna 10x. And I'm like, huh, my goals are too low, right? You know, and just the thought, and I'll share like his 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 uh I think his 10 year goal is a hundred million dollar net worth, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh I can achieve that. And about that time he says, and you work way fucking harder than I do. <laughs> there's no reason you shouldn't pass me up, and I'm like, you damn right. There's no reason. And so even that, like that, having a hundred million dollar net worth, and I've already mapped out exactly what I'm gonna do. I sat down with my business coach, and I said, Hey, we got on a call. We were supposed to talk about something. I said, We ain't talk about that today. He goes, <laughs> Typical. I said, Look, hundred million in ten years. That's the goal. Come on, let's map it out and, so, and find out how we're gonna get there. And we did. And we sat there for an hour and a half. And I know down to the day exactly what I'm going to do every single day to get $100 million net worth. Well, hey,
0: man, I mean, look, people can talk about it. People, you can sit there and fucking manifest. Yeah. But until you actually put pen to paper and you have a plan in order. Got to have a look, plan. And look, you, and you know that, that that shit can go different ways and sure. things might not be exactly the way you sure. saw it. Yeah. But you need to have some kind
1: of calculated. Yeah, absolutely. And look, and look if it takes 15, so what? You know what I mean? Like we always underestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in five. Yep. But I think the key is consistency, right? Absolutely. Going back to how we found so much success over the past five years, we would go to this mastermind and I'd be talking to a guy and he'd be like, yeah, um, you know, quarter, quarter one, he's a wholesaler quarter two. Now he's in multifamily quarter three. Now he's trying to figure out how to do turnkey investments. I'm like, you know, and I'm just over here like, look, I, I, I'm not that smart. I just know how to wholesale. I'm just gonna keep wholesaling, wholesaling, wholesaling. And five years goes by, and the dude's still doing fifty deals a year, and I'm doing 150 a month. And so it's just like staying disciplined in yeah. the pursuit, getting your gold standard, getting really fucking freaking good at it. And then replacing yourself in the business, and once that business is sustainable and you have a team of executives to where, hey, all of your singular focus doesn't have to be there and you can still exhibit 20 to 30% growth per year, then you can go focus yeah. on that other avenue, on that other channel of wealth building. And I just see so many people make that mistake, right? They go from flipping to wholesaling and now I'm going to do Toro, and now I'm going to do Airbnb arbitrage, and I'm like, but you ain't got no money. <laughs> How you gonna do all that? Right, you don't got no money, and so it's just staying focused, man. I'm telling, I coach like twenty five people now, right? So it's about about twenty five calls a week, and at least five different ind- everyone. Like it's just they try to bring something else new they're doing in, and I'm like. You're not. Not you going to be look, successful. I can
0: promise you that shit's not happening here. We got one thing in mind. Look, <laughs> yeah. we, we realized this. I had, on a, I had on a gal. Her name is Vina Jetty. Do you know her? mm so, uh, she So uh, she's about to, she might have already crossed a billion dollars worth of real estate. Wow. Multifamily gal. Yeah. And uh, I met her at Grant Cardone's office, and uh, she started, you know, we're talking about multifamily. She told me about it, and all of a sudden, I was like, I got a bright idea. I was like, man, I need to buy me some multifamily. Yeah and i you know wrote it down and i I got all the things i feel okay here's what i'm gonna start doing here's how i'm gonna do it and then i kind of fucking i got a reality check i was like is this part of like my vision like is this what i need to be doing right now yep and i started realizing like no like i i can't dedicate time to this like i need to dedicate time to what i was already doing that was making me money that i need to
1: fucking 10x and then i can go figure out how to do all that shit yeah yeah for sure i think um that's the thing, you know, There, I got to watch Jeff Hoffman. Do you know who Jeff Hoffman is? I don't. He's the founder of Priceline.com. All right. And so it's, it's the the one and only billionaire who I've ever had breakfast with. I got to have breakfast with him um, and shake his hand and just, you know, everybody was asking him questions, so I just kind of sat and observed. But uh, he, he gave a speech, man. It's like, what is your gold standard? What is, you can't have two gold standards, Yeah. right? How many Olympic athletes have double gold medals. I don't know if any do, but it's just one or two, that's for sure, right? Like Sean White, he's a gold medal, he's not a gold medalist skier and snowboarder. Right. He's a gold medalist snowboarder. Right. You know? Um and so you know Michael Phelps, he doesn't swim and do track. He just swims all day, every day. Singular focus. Everything is about swimming, 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 swimming. And that's why he's the best in the world. Yeah, he's got a gold. He's a, got a gold standard work ethic, mentality, and singular focus on being the best swimmer in the world. You know, Tiger Woods don't play basketball. Yeah, you feel me? So, and and uh, it's just so easy to lose focus. It's so easy because, and and it goes back to people comparing themselves and seeing other people finding success and think that it came overnight. Like that chick that's been got a billion dollars in mm-hmm. real estate. I would guess she's been doing that shit like ten years, fifteen yeah. years, and I, I wonder how many single family houses she's wholesaled. I I don't I don't think any, she, probably she, none. No,
0: no. She came in. She started yeah. doing that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, you know, you got to stay focused. Right. You've Got to stay focused. Well,
0: hey, you figure out what it is you want, and then and look, you might have to try a couple different things to get sure. that. But yep. once you do, like I I know, like it, it's yeah. wholesaling. I, this is what I like to do. I've been doing it for so long. Like I need to double down on
1: that. Yep. Yep, it makes me think about another conversation I had recently, like with a—I uh, can't remember who it was—but uh, they—they said they said something to the effect of, Ren, you're so lucky that you know what you want to do with your life. Like, how do I? How do I figure out my what I'm passionate about? I, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I want to do." And I thought about that and I reflected for a minute, like back to when I was his age. I didn't know what the—I didn't know what I wanted to do either. You know, I just got busy doing something, mm-hmm. and I was the best version of myself at that time, and eventually my purpose found me. Yep. You know, and so I hear so many kids say, well, I don't want to start doing anything because I don't know if it's my purpose. And I'm like, well, you're never going to find your purpose if you're not doing anything. Absolutely. You know, it's it reminds me of something,
0: you know, Andrew Tate. Mm. something tate said he said uh, you know a scientist doesn't go into the lab try one thing and oh it doesn't work fuck it like we're done yeah. no they keep trying shit yeah yeah you know? yeah and i think they especially um when you're younger because th- th- that's a question that i asked i asked uh, another one of my mentors uh tell to walker i asked him i said what do you say to somebody who, who doesn't know what their purpose is or what they need to do in life or what their vision is you got to go try a bunch of shit, see what you yeah. like. Yeah. Right? Now, now that doesn't mean that you fucking, you know, you start wholesaling, and then, you, you know, that works out for you, and now all of a sudden you're trying fucking drop shipping or moving all over the place. Sure. But, you know, you got to go out there and try different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I say, like, you'll know what it is, like, your true purpose when something happens, when you're out there being busy, and it just, like, brings a tear to your eye. Yeah. You know, whether it's, uh, you know helping someone build their business, you know, giving them advice on how to be successful and they come back and they're super successful and it like emotionally moves you or you know, just something like that. Like you're going to know when it hits you. It's going to be like the Holy ghost slapping you in the face. You're going to be like, Whoa, that was cool. Yeah. And then if you can wake up and do that every single day, man, there's nothing that'll be able to stop you because then it's not work. Then, it, then it's so much fun. Right.
0: Well, I do. That. And that's what I've been trying to explain to people. Like, uh, so, like, for us, we were talking, we have a, we have a, a standard that if we, we meet that, then we don't work Saturdays, right?
1: earn mm-hmm. your Saturdays.
0: Absolutely. And so, and uh, it was cool. I was talking to some other people, and, and they're like, oh, man, that sucks you have to work today or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, I, like I, I'm i so past the point in my life where it's like, oh, no, I have to work. It's like, I, yeah. I get to work. Like, exactly. the shit that I get to do, like, m- bro, I... I fucking have envisioned this a long time ago, where I was like, "Here's what the fuck I want to be doing every day. I want to be fucking, um, you know. I got fucking Jonathan, he full time. We're out there busting out content. That shit I love to do. Yeah. I'm fucking making deals happen. Like I'm turned into the motherfucker that I wanted to be. Sure. Like, I built this guy in my fucking yeah. imagination, and now it's real. Like yeah. I love doing this. It's an opportunity every single day.
1: Yeah. So I was, <laughs> I was listening to uh, David Goggins' new book on my drive home from Atlanta the other day and uh he, he said something there that stuck and I was riding with uh one of my coaches and he said it and we both looked over at each other and like SG G right there but what he said is if you're not the man that can accomplish your dreams invent the motherfucker that he is absolutely yeah and I thought I was like whoa that's it right there that's it and he goes on to talk about how uh he's Goggins right what's his first name uh david david yeah david goggins is this little weak guy that has these insecurities you know used to be fat but goggins is a savage yeah and he had to create goggins to get through uh whatever the water training was cuz he's scared of water right. scared of water and so he had to, goggins had to come out and you know um i just think that's that's neat right because your mind's such a powerful tool that oh, you absolutely. can re- invent that alter ego to take you to the next level. And sometimes that's what that's that's needed. Think about Kobe Bryant did it with the Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. right? He turned on the Mamba mentality and just went dark, yeah, you know, and just was an assassin on the court.
0: Well, dude, there's so many people. I saw one, um, it was uh, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. and she has this persona i can't remember the name what what it was but she has some name she calls sasha fury or some shit like that. yeah and she's like look like beyonce knows is a little bit scared to go out and fucking do these dance moves on the stage and like it's a little bit a lot but like i turn into sasha fury or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> and and it, the, sasha fury isn't fucking afraid to do that stuff yeah or um ed my he said, uh, he was like, dude, I had to, I had to look and study these other people, like, to come out on stage and do what I do, and, like, it's fucking nervous, you know? It's nerve-wracking, and, like, yeah. I had to invent this person, and I studied other people. He said he watched a lot of, like, stand-up comedians. Sure. And, and he took pieces from them and then invented this person of who he was going to be. Yeah. And it's, like, you just have to imagine that you're an actor. You're playing that part,
1: and you yep. need to be able to bring that out. i do it, man. i do it. Like, I, um... The first time I ever spoke on stage, it was a train wreck. Like, it was so bad. It was so bad. But now, you know, I know to get to where I want to be, I have to have a jam-up stage presence. Like, I got to get up there and be an excellent communicator. I have to be able to articulate my words, and I have to be able to deliver a message that resonates with people. I can't be scared. And, uh, you know, my coach told me, he was like, you ever seen that movie Gladiator? And I'm like, yeah, I've seen Gladiator. He goes, what does he do before... Uh, they let all those beasts and all those people out. And I'm like, I I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, go back and watch it. What he does is you see him, he bends down and he grabs the dirt. Mm -hmm. And that's him flipping that switch. Oh, really? He was like, figure out what your dirt grab is. Figure out how to flip that switch before you go on and go into character and just go crush. And uh, it's been pretty powerful, and I do it before I get on stage every single time because, in other words, you know, I'm, I'm a wimp. I'm a weenie. I'm thinking about, you know, am I, I going to say the wrong thing? Am I, you know, I start sweating and all that. But, man, you flip that switch and invent that guy that can, mm-hmm. it's a game changer.
0: Dude, I'm, I mean, I
1: need to figure it out
0: because here's the thing. Like, I think people see me and, like, look, I do a lot of stuff. Like, I go on live and I got, you know – all the time, do I have hundreds of thousands of people watching me? But yeah. it's a whole fucking different story when it's in person, you're on stage like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bro, it reminds me of I remember being in junior high and like I was always like really extroverted. I was good at talking. I, you know, sure. I wasn't afraid to raise my hand, anything like that. But the first time I experienced this, it was in junior high. And uh, we went to this one of these like co working spaces and it was for one of my business classes and we had to go like pitch an idea. Yeah. And I remember just fucking shitting the bed like i'm fucking standing <laughs> up there with my paper and i'm like so shaky and I yeah all right i couldn't even do it and like i remember my business teacher was like what the fuck bro <laughs> and i was like holy fuck i never want that to happen again yeah
1: yeah and yeah.
0: uh now like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out ways because like you know when i have to like i'm trying to think like the last time i spoke on stage was at was at a real estate event here and uh, i was definitely pretty fucking nervous when i got up there i was able to turn it on and do sure. well you know yeah but like i don't want to do well I want to fucking crush.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. I think too, one of the things that I've noticed is is I get the more I know the material, right? Like right now, I don't present on shit I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't get up there and try to talk about ideas that like everything, like you're coming to my event tomorrow. Everything that I'm gonna say, I don't only reason I'm glancing at that screen is to see what the next bullet point is. I don't I know it. Right. Yeah. And so I'm that confident in the material. But still, there's there's an element of, of nervousness. You know, the number one fear in America is public speaking. I believe it. People, yeah. are,
0: people are more scared of, of that than they of death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But nobody nobody knows you're nervous. Right. Nobody you know, nobody cares as much as you do. Um, I think that's the thing. But, you know, when you look at super successful business people in general. They have all one thing in common good communication skills. That's it, right? They are able to coordinate action through communication, which drives towards a common goal. And if you can do that effectively, you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. You have to be able to communicate well. And if you want to do it on a super high level, if you want to ascend to be one of these, like, celebrities like Grant Cardone. Look how good, you know, Grant would not be where he is if he could not get on stage and rock it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why he is who he is, is because he has that personality. And so it's a skill set that has to be developed. There's some people that are natural at it, you know. Uh, Some people, like, you know, some people are good at swimming and some people sink like a rock, Yeah. you know. But um, I think the ability to effectively communicate your thoughts and ideas and your mission and your vision is what separates those who accomplish these incredible things, and those that, you know, just can't figure out how to do it. Yeah.
0: You know what? That's why I think everybody needs to learn how to sell. Yeah. Because, you know, at the baseline, learning how to sell is just learning how to be a good communicator. Yep. And I think starting there is great because then that'll lead you to be able to communicate all things in your life just better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to knowing it, right? Like, I train my sales team every day, five days a week. We don't train on Saturdays because, I, I don't know, maybe I just don't feel like training on Saturdays. Like I say I'm going to give you all the day off, but honestly, I'm like, fuck, man. I just It's Saturday, right? I got yeah. my hoodie on. But they asked me, like, I'm training a new guy right now, and he's like, dude, like, you're so smooth with this. How did? W- were you as bad as me when you started five years ago? And I'm like, bro, I was worse. He was like, well, how did you get so good? I pull out my sales process map. I said, hey, cover it up tell me the steps in the process and he's like um, number one set the stage and I'm like see you know its set the stage bill report problem impact picture perfect transition deal killers four deal killers transition present close the deal when you know it that good you don't have to think about what to say next you're not stuttering you're not la-la-la-la-la. you just know it it's muscle memory yeah. you know and so it's like tying your shoe do you ever think about the actual function of what you have to do to tie your shoe. No, you just reach down there, tie it up, Automatic. you can be doing anything. But it's the same thing. Like if you watch a, t- a toddler trying to learn how to tie their shoe, he is stuttering through that just like you're stuttering through this sales conversation. Yeah. And you just have to get a master at it. And, I mean, I have, you know, I won't say 10, I don't know how many hours, but it's just you have to have a mastery. Absolutely. You have to have a mastery.
0: You know, it's something Um, I went to Andy Elliott's sales training recently yeah. i and just
1: found that guy man i like bro, him i like his style he, dude, he's fucking he's a savage is he yeah I I like that it.
0: motherfucker we um i've seen him like the 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 three or four times i've seen him in person now every single time i've seen him rip somebody a new one like <laughs> dude he ripped jonathan a new one so we, we went to his office i because he, he came here jonathan yeah <laughs> he, he he came on one of our calls and uh, and I, I didn't know that he was out over here in, in Scottsdale. I was like, and I so I sent him a DM. I was like, hey man, can I come to your office? He was like, Yeah, sure. So I come by with Jonathan, you know, we're gonna shoot a little YouTube video and I'm talking to him and some of his other guys and like halfway through it, dude, he turns to Jonathan and he was like, What the fuck are you doing over there? Jonathan's like, What? And so so here, here's the thing I'm gonna tell you is is before we walk in, I was like, Hey Jonathan, like keep the camera down, like like what I wanna ask him and like make sure it's cool or whatever. And Jonathan's like, Okay. Anyway, and he goes, what the fuck are you doing over there? He's like, what are you, are you going to do anything with that camera? Like, are you sitting there? You're <laughs> missing all of this. Like, it's fucking your job to fucking make this man look like a fucking billionaire. And you're sitting there with your dick in your hand. like just rips him a new one. And I let it happen. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm sorry. John." Like, like, <laughs>
1: That's funny. That's and, funny. But
0: anyway, one thing he said was, he's like, bro, you show up every single day. You get asked the same question every single day. And you're still just fucking winging it. He's like, you yeah. want to be you like, you're up there just like spraying like a machine gun. He's like, no, you want to be a sniper yep. every single time that somebody, how many times do we hear? I need to think about it. I need to have my, 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 my lawyer take a look at this contract, whatever it is. How many yeah. times we hear that every day, every call. And it's like, why don't you have like a, the fucking way that you, that you answer that every single time, just dialed in same way every yep. single time. Perfect. Yep. Right, and and so that I think is like one of the steps that we're really taking right now is we're identifying what are these key things that are being asked all the time, always asked of us, and how what is the best way to answer them, and then we just need to drill that into ourselves where it's fucking automatic. Every single one of us, we answer it the exact same way. We're the fucking McDonald's, right? Yeah, we just have such a process
1: where it's done the same way every single time. Yeah, I like it. You you gotta have those tools in your in your in your toolbox, because otherwise you're gonna get crushed. Yeah, you're gonna look up at the end of the month and. Not be where you want to be you know but the thing is is like you have what most people like you're you're thinking very strategic like what tools do i need how can i build this skill set that is going to ultimately help me reach my goal and most people are just okay they're like well you know too bad that person <laughs> had that objection maybe the next person won't they're hoping Right. They don't get objections. Me, I want every freaking objection. Mm-hmm. I'm creating objections. No, your,
0: your sales process is, uh, we, we're going to take this shit head on.
1: Yeah. Like, I want to fucking yeah. figure out and identify all of these before it even gives a I'm chance. I'm going to ask it. them. Like We were on a sales training call the other day, and we were, um, I was doing a lot of sales call. And uh, I said, well, hey, you want to uh, go ahead and get this reviewed by your attorney? And I just seen jaws drop. And we get a call, and they're like, why, why would you ever say that? Why not? They were thinking it. Might as well throw it out there now. I would rather them, you know, I would rather bring it up and be able to address it the right way as opposed to the end, me slide a contract over to them and then say, well, I'm going to go look at it with my right.
0: trade. Because at that point, dude, once you've like done that, once you've sent it,
1: your chips are on the fucking table. Yeah. Like
0: you got to cover all your bases yeah. before you get to it. I want to
1: get it all out there and I want to control the narrative. Another thing, like I always tell everybody that I train sales, I'm like, you need to go and watch a really good trial lawyer, right? Because they're always, like, people struggle, like, getting the context and connecting the dots of what they're trying to do and controlling the framework and leading people where they want to go. I was watching uh, one of my favorite shows on uh, Amazon is the show Goliath. Have you seen that Mm -hmm. with Billy Bob Thornton? It's good. You should watch it. But he's this amazing trial lawyer, and they just lead the witness. Like, they know what questions they're going to ask. They know what the response is going to be. Yeah. And they know how they're going to overcome that and lead the witness to where they want to be in order to get, you know, the verdict or the outcome that they're desiring. You can watch like Matlock was really good show. Right. You And you can see like and then the light bulb clicks and you're like, damn, you know, all I got to do is just lead them to where I want them to go. But they have to say it because exactly. if they don't say it, it's not true. Mm-hmm. That, was you know? that was something of some
0: Andy said. He said, uh you need to make everything easy to say yes to, hard to say no to, and you need to make it feel like it was their idea. Yep. And you do it that exact way you're saying, where you yep. ask questions in a certain way where you're taking them on this journey, and you already know where the fucking destination is. Yep. But they're they're in the driver's seat, right? You're just a passenger. You're just, you know, giving 100%. them the directions. Yep. If uh, if somebody wants to learn, you know, your sales process, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Uh, they can come work for me, work yeah. with me. <laughs> No, nah, I'm just kidding. So I, I, I have a coaching program, uh, and we train every day, uh, not specifically on acquisitions. You know, so the the calls that we have now, we have a couple different levels. We do one-on-one consulting, uh, weekly coaching, bi-weekly coaching, but we have a group call, and in that call, every Monday we train as acquisitions call. And we train in and around that sales process. We overcome objections. We will do role play and stuff like that. And then Tuesdays is title. Uh, People just bring their title problems. I have my director title on there. She just tells them what to do. It's a very valuable call. Uh, Wednesday is disposition. Same thing, Thursday, marketing, Friday, uh, recruiting. There you go. So all the core pillars of a wholesaling business, you know, my executives are training. It's either me or, or them. There's, I think there's a call going on right now, marketing. Yeah. Um, they're getting trained by people that are in the trenches, in the nitty gritty You know, there's a lot of coaches out here. They coach, but they don't actually do, Right, you know, or they coach and they do two or three deals a month, like, you know, and so I, I think that's the degree of separation. And what we offer is, is we're in the mud every yeah. single day. We're in the mud every single day. And so we're able to, we're able to bring that level of intensity and, and practicality and just real world experience. So it's good. We got to coach a program. They can, they could join that if they wanted to. And where, where can they get some more information on that? Uh, You can send me a DM on Instagram at Ren Bartlett. At Ren Bartlett. How do you spell that? R H E N B A R T L E T T. Awesome, and it guys, yeah. if you guys,
0: are, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, uh, the link to that is going to be below. Uh, guys, it's exactly what I did. Look, like I said, you guys know how many times have I said it? You got to find the motherfucker who's doing what you want to do, and say, okay, hey, can you show me how to do that? That's exactly what I did. Um, so far, we're really happy, man. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm fucking excited, you know. Good. You know, there's nothing better than having a plan in place and just knowing the next actions that you're taking. Yep. It makes everything so much better. Yep. You know, get the GPS. Yep, exactly. The GPS. Exactly. Well, hey, listen, Ren, I really appreciate you coming on today, man. No it's, doubt. Been a, it's been a great time. Guys, you need to go check out Ren's content. You know, I actually, something I said the other day is I was like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they like to use like Instagram, TikTok, or whatever, and they'll just see things that's entertaining. The difference between you and me is that I fucking will see people who are putting out really good shit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's giving me this for free, but I got to go. I got to run with this. This is really good stuff, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, just from the stuff on your Instagram that you're putting out there absolutely for free, we've implemented in our business, and it is fucking crushing. So I absolutely recommend you guys go check his stuff out. A lot of incredible stuff over there. If you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Music, please leave a review on the episode super helpful for me. I want to know what you loved, what you didn't like, and if you know anybody who would benefit from listening to this, make sure to share the episode with them, right? We want to grow the we want to grow this uh, community, we want to grow everything. So